Hi guys, this is Fidas. And Usha. Uh, let's start episode 145 of Ask Vidas and Osha podcast. Um, how are you, Osha, today? I'm fine. Uh, what are you planning to do in your organ playing today? <laughs> well, I have, you know, to work with snow for a while at the beginning and then just to go to practice. Me too. Because we have such a heavy snow in Lithuania right now. Yeah. I hope uh, in other parts of the world it's a little better. Well, not necessarily. As I heard in the United States, we have extremely cold winter this year. And in Australia, there is extreme hot weather. So mm. I guess we are lucky. Yes. So today's uh, question was sent by Michael. And he writes, Good morning with us. Thank you for your email and organ tips. I do not know if it is too late to reply to your email. To answer your two questions, I will first of all explain my situation. I am an organist at St. Lawrence uh, Feltham Roman Catholic Church and I play at three masses at the weekend for which I receive a small stipend. I also play for weddings and funerals in Kingston and Hanworth crematoriums to make ends meet. I also am playing for a funeral director's carol service this year. My dream is to get better and better and maybe perform at a recital. I am a keen pianist, I believe. I have nearly mastered Chopin's Etude Number no. 1, Opus 10, but also like Jazz Bach, of course, and other composers. Unfortunately, what holds me back from my dream is that I can only manage to practice on the organ for about an hour a week in church and not loud pieces because the presbytery is joined to the church and people are working there. So I content myself trying to master the trio sonatas and gentle pieces. I do try and practice sometimes the finale from Vienna Symphony No. 1 at reduced volume and adapt other pieces that wave for a closing voluntary, as I have been informed that if I do a high volume voluntary, it may disturb people talking. I have access to a piano that my mother and I bought. Also, I have a bipolar disorder, but this is controlled very well by medication. But I need to concentrate especially well when playing for services. Otherwise, I could make a mistake and I try and control my nerves. Thank you again for your emails and tips. All the best and God bless, Michael. Uh, First of all, Usha, isn't uh, it annoying uh, when... People tell you that you're playing too loud, you're playing too soft, too too fast, too slow. Yes, but that's what organists, you know, uh, expect in their daily lives, you know. I remember once I I went to church to practice and, you know, the the, the lady who, you know, who guards the church, she just told, oh... Could you come back tomorrow? I have such a headache. Of course, I didn't practice that day, but it was annoying for me too because it took me almost an hour just to get to the church. So that's perfectly normal and, you know, I can understand, you know, very well this problem. Exactly. 
So for me too, sometimes I go to church and uh, there would be like uh, groups of tourists coming in and the guides would uh, uh, talk quite loudly for this group. And whenever I play the organ in the church, then I might disturb their, their guide. Um, they're basically talking. So some of them like organ music but some don't. So I've had occurrences when from downstairs the guides would even shout uh, for an organist to to, pl- to stop playing at all. What, uh, so it's really annoying. It's very annoying, yes. And plus in our church you never know, know when the funeral will be. And it might, you know, sp- spoil all your plans of practicing especially it's annoying if your recital is coming up and you really need to practice in the church but uh, we are both you know regular organists there and we can still adapt right what if a a guest organist comes uh, from out of town even from abroad I know when it's very hard for him or her you know to explain this situation and yeah, it makes you really to feel guilty and very uncomfortable. Although you know you you are not the reason why he or she cannot practice. So for Michael, he's right, I think, in playing sometimes with soft volume. Don't sure, you, think? you know it's better, you know, to be in a good relationship with you know people in your church. But, you know, as he told us that he doesn't have enough time to practice on the organ, maybe he could find also another church which would allow him to practice and he could do that more often. Mm-hmm. In exchange of, let's say, some, 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 some service, some playing. Yeah, that would be quite possible, I think. In a lot of places, uh, there is a need or shortage for organists. So, without even overextending yourself, you just offer occasional service. Or if you don't want to play in public, you can make a small donation. I know. And as Michael, you know, wrote in his letter that, you know, he plays for Roman Catholic Church... Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable going to another you know, church denomination to ask you know, if we would let him to, to practice there. But I, I think it should be perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Because you know, for us organists, uh, you know, it's just impossible to be connected with only one church. Exactly. So I think it's perfectly fine to, to, to play in other churches as well, at least in my opinion. And uh, Protestant denominations are more open, actually, sure. for for organists uh, and musicians from all faiths. Um, because I, you know, I miss that time living in the United States because there were so many open places just to go and to practice for us. You no, know, being just an organ student, like in Michigan, you know, in Ann Arbor, and and then you know in. In Lincoln, Nebraska, we could go basically to almost any church to practice. And Methodist church were especially, you know, open for, you know, organists. Exactly. 
they have no problem with your faith. They don't actually ask uh, what your belief system is yes. at all. Unlike some of the Roman Catholic I know. churches. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that that might give him, you know, more opportunities, more time to practice on the organ. Excellent. Um, but you know what I noticed from his letter that he, if he is practicing trio sonatas and he can play them well, that's you know an excellent, excellent thing because I I believe that only experienced organist can master trio sonatas. So basically, if you can play trio sonatas, you probably can play almost anything. And he is playing the finale by Verne from the Symphony Number no. One. Uh, so yeah, it should be his level should be quite, quite uh, advanced, I would say. It's very nice uh, to be able to play those pieces. Uh, but he, should he stop here and uh, and um, think that his skill is already complete, uh, perfected, and set for life, or should he still try to improve? I think you know each of us still have to improve something. None of us is perfect. And never will be. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, and you know, as he talking about making mistakes sometimes, that you no, know, it's hard for him to to be focused during his performance. I think it's it's not not related actually with his you know illnesses here told this because each of us actually have the same problem I haven't heard a, a person who would say oh it's so easy for me to stay concentrated I never make mistakes usually it's otherwise what do you think about that with this in this day and age in, in our society there are more and more people who are in need of focusing uh, because there are constant distractions everywhere and it's even harder to focus because we have bomb- we are bombarded by constant change of information, and uh, and uh, it's it's quite frustrating if you are playing the organ, but your mind is all over the place, right? I know, but but sometimes it's really hard to concentrate, especially if you get some constant dis- distraction. For example, during service, like. A baby starts to cry, or you know, somebody starts to talk too loud or during your prelude or postlude. Or a member from your choir comes comes up and starts to look at you or or your music. Yes, that's the thing, especially when you travel through Lithuania. You know, <laughs> in order to perform, and you have performance right after the mass. And the choir member of that local church, we stays in the balcony and we look at you like you would be, I don't know, a monkey in a zoo or something like this. So sometimes people act really weird, don't you think? Maybe they haven't, uh, you know, had an opportunity to, to look at such a high-level organist from up close. But still we would need to think what how you feel at that moment you are a guest and you are performing and no they're feeling like it's in a circus right you are like like a clown not like a clown maybe but like an athlete like, like a circus athlete or circus artist and you're performing miracles in front of them right so they are in awe basically 
I know, but it's still not good, you know, to look at you closely when you are playing or, you know, to to come and, you know, to start turning pages of your score just to look around. I had, the, you know, experience like that uh-huh. once too. Or, you know, to talk loudly among themselves next to the organ bench. So that might be quite distracting. Could be. Could be. So I hope uh, this has been useful, this information for our students, right? Yes. And now we're going to go and practice some more, right? Sure. And uh, a little take care of the snow. Once it stops snowing, of course, it doesn't make sense to uh, shovel the snow while it's snowing. I know, but soon we cannot use our car anymore if we will not move the snow. And I will uh, go to prepare um, the program notes for tonight's concert at our church. Our guest organist is playing. And then later I'll go to the uh, to the concert itself. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you guys for sending these wonderful questions. Uh, Osha and I are loving uh, uh, the, the process of helping you grow. And please send us more. Uh, we are always here to help you out. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen. <laughs>